We're having so much fun listening to my um, theme song opening in here that uh, it's, it's, it's hard to get ourselves torn working. But this is Crosstown Conversations. It's Gene Nathan. And I have some of the m- most impressive women in the city in studio with me at this time. Darn, I should have gotten my um, Facebook Live hooked up. Um, you, do you know how to do that, Jazz? Can you do that for me? I'm, I'm, I'm the, got 10, uh, 12 or 14 fingers more than it takes to do something like that. Chuck always does that. Chuck Perkins. i got to learn how to do it. We have the Treme Seventh Ward Arts and Culture Festival coming up. Memorial Day weekend, May 25th through 27th characterized as being under the bridge and you got to be from here to know what that means so we'll have to talk about what that means right celebrate the history traditions the culture of the two oldest most notable neighborhoods in, in the united states and that is not hyperbole that is not fake news that is facts <laughs> in this country now we seem to not be able to distinguish between fake and fact but uh, here in this in this studio, we can do that. And so I'm going to let each of these ladies introduce themselves because um, they'll get it they'll get it right. <laughs> All right. Um, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Cheryl Austin. I am the Treme Seven Ward Arts and Culture Festival producer, and I'm also the executive director of Greater Treme Consortium. Um, it's 24 years old this year. Whoa. And um, Greater Treme is also a sponsor of the what we call the T7 Fest, Under the Bridge, Between the Saint Streets. <laughs> <laughs> under the Bridge, Between the Saint Streets, that tells you where it is. Yes. Hi, and I'm Angela Chalk. I serve as the secretary for the Treme Cultural District, as well as being responsible for programming and the annual Baby Doll Bar Crawl. I am the founder and executive director of Healthy Community Services, a community-based nonprofit organization located in the 7th Ward. And good evening. My name is Sabrina Mays Montana. I am also a member of the uh, Treme 7th Ward Arts and Culture Festival. Um, I guess we're all our, our um, mm-hmm. co-producers. Right. I'm also the president and founder of Faces of Culture. It's an organization that celebrates, presents, exhibits, showcases New Orleans indigenous um, culture and traditions. Now you see why I said we had some of the more (laughs) important and powerful ladies in town in studio today. These are all people in their own right who um, have made things happen and continue to make things happen in this city and in um, these neighborhoods in I mean, I know there's always so much confusion about what downtown is. You know, some people call downtown where we are now, below Canal. Other people call the CBD downtown. And it's all perspective. And that happens in all cities, you know, this Mm -hmm. sort of confusion about where downtown is. But we're not confused. Downtown is below Canal. It's below Canal. And that's where all this is happening. So. Who wants to get started? Um, I, 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 cannot, I have to say, I, I really want to, in a way, start with the baby doll bar crawl. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just, that's, the, that's the one that 
you know, that's such a hot idea. Was that your idea? Actually, yes. We were in a meeting um, brainstorming when the festival first started, and um, it just rolled off of my tongue, the baby doll bar crawl. And it, it, it has taken on its own life. So we travel to the local bars that have been identified um, for this year, and um, we go with the baby dolls. We learn the historical significance that each of those bars played in our culture, and we also bring um, economic money to those bars on these given nights because right now we're almost sold out, so if you still want tickets <laughs> to attend the baby doll bar crawl, we will be going um to um, this year, we're going to Bullets Sports Bar, Seals Class Act, Kermit's Trimmy Mother-in-Law Lounge, Lil People's Place, which is a private club, the Candlelight Lounge. The cost is $40, and for your $40, you get a meal at each stop. You get entertainment by the baby dolls, and you get a T-shirt and shot glass. So if you want to come, come on. It's a lot of fun. We've had people as far away as Britain come on the baby doll bar crawl and we have returned um, people who plan their vacations now to come back so they can be a part of the baby doll bar crawl. Well, that's no surprise. (laughs) I mean, it it is one of the signature events of the whole city and the tradition of it is fascinating. So uh, let's share that for just a minute because I I don't want to mess this up. So you tell that story. Well, the baby dolls, they um, have traditionally been our gatekeepers who start off and entertain our during Mardi Gras. So we just decided to bring that culture along with us because we are in the Tremé and Seventh Ward, and there is nowhere else that you can find the baby dolls. There are all groups who claim to be baby dolls, but we have what we call the T7 baby dolls, and no mm-hmm. one else has the T7 baby dolls. <laughs> They're entertaining. They explain to you how they put together their outfits, They explain how they put together their umbrellas. And what's most important, each of the bar owners that um, the bars that we're going to um, will greet the people as they come off of the bus with the procession of the baby dolls. Oh, okay. So uh, now, so the people who are on the crawl are actually coming by bus with the baby dolls. Absolutely. Oh, so this is like VIP Yes, and um, this year's um, transportation is provided by All About That Tours. So we will um, be rolling in style. So, but I wanted you to just go back for just one second because I I just recently kind of really heard, I had one of the older, the oldest um, baby dolls with me not too long ago. And also the the new young group, mm-hmm. the sort of the fancy ones. Right, I've right. Seen them. They <laughs> they were in here too, mm-hmm. and um, they were talking to me about the very beginning of it. And uh, I, again, I don't want to mess it up. So, can 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 you speak to that, Angela? Well, the baby dolls were traditionally a way of masking on Mardi Gras Day, and that's where the because it wasn't started. always folks won't oh, weren't always allowed. To mask. So there were certain circumstances that you had to correct. And and some actually some of those laws are still in place, Gene. Um, people that people don't realize <laughs> really? about um, masking for Mardi Gras. You really can't wear a mask um, on Mardi Gras Day. Well, 
because of circumstances with crime and things like that. So people have gotten away from traditional masking and being um, unknown. So that's one of the, the downsides to our history. But the baby dolls, they still are a vital part of our culture. And no matter which group you're with, uh, they, they bring that um, heritage to the now, community. Now, you know, I can testify mm -hmm. to the danger of being in disguise. Mm -hmm. You ready for this little story? Mm -hmm. So I was a little bit of a prankster in my youth. <laughs> can you imagine? Yes. And um, <laughs> I uh, and a friend of mine, we just had this crazy notion one night. We were bored, I guess. We were at school and um, in, in, in college, and um, we switched clothes See, I put on his, he put on mine. We went into the library where everybody is studying, and we started to have a little spat <laughs> in front of the crowd. Only I'm the, I'm the boy and he's the girl. So we got picked up by the campus oh, police. Oh, my. <laughs> and, and, and we got sort of, um, what's the word? Not really fingerprinted, but charged. Charged. With being out in disguise because apparently the law – has to be that you, you can't be disguised because theoretically that's mm -hmm. like masking to commit a crime. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the basis on which they did not let people mask here, I suppose, at least part of the time. Otherwise, it was just plain old racial. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we, um, we had to go before the student council <laughs> and uh, explain ourselves. I mean, and in the end, it was all okay, but they, they tried to put the fear of the... Lord into us for having done this, but um, and by the way, it was fun. <laughs> it was serious fun. Just like our festival this coming weekend. There you go. All right, so the baby doll kicks it off, and that's the VIP end of it. Can I ask you a question? You probably is it one bus that you have? Only one bus? Yeah. Oh, yes. So yes. we don't want to. We don't want to. No. 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 Okay. No. So. But people can still, there are a few seats available? No, as a matter of fact. Oh, it literally is sold out. Down. Yes, so sold people out. have to go to the clubs to see the profession, the procession. procession and the, yeah, yeah. But they can still enjoy the whole scene at oh, yeah. the clubs. Mm -hmm. Any time of the week at any one of those clubs. <laughs> yeah, right. But let's go into that, though, because, you know, there's been a fuss about the clubs. And, and they have this very powerful history. They were the scene of a lot of the early music of our city. Oh, yeah. um, and then some of the more recent arrivals who either didn't quite know what they were getting into coming into their neighborhood, or they think that because they've come into the neighborhood, things have to change to accommodate them. They've mm -hmm. been fussing at the at some of the bars, right? So uh, they they just don't know their history, I guess. Well, um, I'm sorry. I do like to stir there. up a little trouble. As <laughs> well. No, you're not starting any trouble okay. because um, for someone who was raised in the Treme community, um, the bars in that area played a large role. I tell people growing up in Treme, you could find your parents anytime. They were either at church at a funeral or in a bar. <laughs> okay, so those three things, if you look closely, you'll see one is almost next door to the other or across the street. Oh, so there was always never music. That. Yes. Mm -hmm. There was always music mm -hmm. in Treme, um, either in the bars or mm -hmm. on the streets. Mm -hmm. And it so, was an economic engine. Yeah, it was an economic engine yeah. in both of those neighborhoods. That's right, yeah. And so for someone who grew up in that type of an environment, 
it was just second nature to us. You know, as a matter of fact, I had a conversation earlier today with James 12 and Bruce. And um, I just love those guys, all mm -hmm. of them, all mm -hmm. of the musicians who Absolutely. had helped yeah. to keep the traditions of our culture alive. And many of them still live in Treme. Well, many of them do live in Treme, but the majority of them always visit Treme. And um, I can remember him, his brothers, the cousins, all the Andrews, and their friends growing up in Treme, just walking around in the neighborhood playing the instruments. And what, what I like to say about Troy Michael, trombone shorty, is that people think he can only play two instruments. Mm -hmm. He played tuba, he can play the snare drum, the bass, the bass drum, the tuba, the um, trumpet, trumpet, and the saxophone. Wow! Can he, he I can did play not all know that. Yes, yeah. yes. And I'm sure by now he can play a piano. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's just a, he, he's just a natural, talented, gifted young man. And um, this is what people love about Treme, which is has evaporated. It's not there as much as it used to be. And the reason for us, first of all, um, reactivating the Treme Seven Ward Cultural District because so much <coughs> of our culture was disappearing and was no longer there. Post-Katrina, a lot of the bars, um, if they were not, if they didn't have their license and permit to reopen as a bar within those six months, they lost it. Okay, it became residential, and and those those bars were very important to <coughs> people who live in the community. Like I still do, I live in the community, and um, I always enjoyed pottering in Treme. I never had to go far. I grew up on both sides of Ursuline Street, the 1100 block. I grew up as a teenager on North Villery, right where the park ends with that horrible fence. And um, as an adult, I lived on St. Anne Street after being an entrepreneur and living in the East and losing everything. That's what brought me back to Treme. And I currently live on Dumain Street. So, and I work around the corner. <laughs> and so <laughs> I do everything in Treme. I remember one lady telling me um, that I should sometimes get out of Treme. And I say, why would I want to? <laughs> <laughs> But getting back to the cultural district, it is the reason why we created this festival mm -hmm. because um, more than anything, we want to make sure that the musicians that are living now are up or the ones that are upcoming that's going to become a musician has a place to come home and play in a big way. And so this is our third year, and we do have the best musicians. I mentioned James Andrews earlier. Kermit Ruffins, who don't love Kermit, Corey Henry. Um, Corey Henry's one, one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Yeah. Shannon mm -hmm. Powell. Powell. All of them are my favorite, though. <laughs> I don't want to say that because these guys will go to bat for, for Treme. Yes, they will. <laughs> for Treme. Yes, they will. Any day, any time. Many of them have played for us when we needed them. Like within two hours, they will show up with the instruments. So, so uh, let me understand exactly where they're playing. So, are, are are they playing pretty much in that one location now here between 800 and 900 block of Claiborne? Uh, I see you have the kickoff is noon on Saturday. 
Um, or are they playing uh, at the clubs in the different locations, or both? No. They're playing in this They're location playing. on, on Claiborne. This year, we started out with two stages that encompassed both Tremé and the Seven Ward. We were highly ambitious, and, <laughs> and so we condensed the area to those two blocks okay. this year. Gotcha. Um, for several reasons, but two was so that I could see all of the performers on one side <laughs> in Tremé, mm-hmm. and also so that the vendors can get more traction. Sure. And the vendors are going to be essentially around where the, the music, music is. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's do the rundown a little bit. we got Saturday, May 26th. you got Dat Boy Q, Iris P, Rage and Rebels, Where You At Brass Band, um, Gina Brown, and Anutha. Another. Another. Another level, of course. <laughs> um, Shannon Powell, Jose um, Fairman, Meringue, four. Four, four, four. That's it. Cor- That's uh, our Latin group. Oh, yeah. We love them. Me too. <laughs> Corey Henry and the Treme Funked Tet. Sunday, May 27th, James Andrews, Yisrael, Bernal, and the All-Star Brass Band, Nashia Ruffins, Treme Brass Band, Kermit Ruffins, and the Barbecue Swingers, and the closeout performance by the Baby Doll Sisterhood, Original Big Seven, Social Aid and Pleasure Club, Red Flame, Hunters, Indians. I never do this, you know. I never read the whole thing. <laughs> but I mean, uh, it, it's special. just it, 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 it's it's such an important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. You know, run a uh, lineup mm-hmm. of artists who represent the culture of this this area. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of not hard to to um, jump in and, and make sure that we mention all their names. Thank but you. But this Jamie. sounds fantastic. And um, what 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 kind of food, what kind of other stuff is going to be there, too? Well, we have some serious home cooking um, that, that's happening. Um, we have from Caribbean food. We have soul food. We have um, um, snowballs. We have um, this homemade, um, this special lemonade that's coming out. Um but the food from, from jerk chicken to um, bell peppers and fish. And, and, and here's the thing. And this is the first time Lamar um, Wings, Creole-style um, Wings, um, is on board with us. But I remember he was the first person in the city of New Orleans to sell wings back in the early 90s. And... Um, He's coming on board this year, and I'm really excited about that. Um, we have Valerie Snowballs. We have um, Miss D's Catering. We have the um, the Krabby Lady. I mean, Luke's um, Fire Pit. Um, I just food yum. symphony. Yum. It's just a, a plethora of um, great, great of great friends. cooks. Yeah. 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 So, so it's, in addition to uh, calling attention to these musicians and to the music clubs, tell me just a little bit about where you all are at and you're thinking about Treme and the Seventh Ward today, where it is, where it's going, where you want to see it go. So, I mean, your your goals are beyond this festival event, and and no one's going to forget that this is happening. Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, from twelve thirty to 
six o'clock, seven. Well, the last performance. Yeah. Well, let me let me chime in on the goals. I'm glad you <laughs> asked that question, Jean. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, because you worked on the original application for mm-hmm. the cultural district, um, our goals are simple. We are going to design, promote, and implement cultural activity workshops and panel discussions. And we've had panel discussions in the past. Uh, we want to increase the awareness um, to local artisans about the reduced state and local sales tax on original artwork, um, promote the historic tax credits. And in reading through that document again with, as far as the historic tax credits, um, developers and business owners can take advantage of that. And we are charged as the designated sanction um, cultural district for this area to make sure that those businesses and developers who come in, we keep track of them to report that to the state. Now, is it only the developers and commercial property owners? What about residential now? Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If it's uh, residential also, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I just want to make sure. Yeah. It, it's, it is a tax credit, basically. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't remember this all that well. Mm-hmm. It, it, if you restore your property, you're eligible yes. for right. mm-hmm. yes. right. the, and, the and, yeah. And we mm-hmm. serve as the marketing entity for um, for the cultural district, and that is designed to bring tourists and business and to make our culture more aware, not only um, here to us, but locally, regionally, nationally, and globally. Because like I said earlier, we've had people come from as far away as Great Britain to experience what we experience. And as I meet people as I'm traveling around the city, they want to know where do the locals go? What do the Mm -hmm. locals do? Where are the locals eating? And so it's only because of our great sponsorship that we're able to put on this festival. We have um, sponsorship from the New Orleans Multicultural Tourism Network, the New Orleans Tourism and Marketing Network, uh, the Sanitation Department, Greater Treme, Faces of Culture, um, WaterWise, because that's another um, entity in outline in what we're charged to do is to promote green infrastructure mm-hmm. in the, in, within the boundaries of the car, um, the the cultural district. And a healthy community in general. Correct. And that's mm-hmm. where my organization comes in. At Healthy Community mm-hmm. Services, we take that public health perspective and tie it into having a healthy um, community so that um, the musicians, the artisans, the culture bearers can live, grow, and be happy and healthy while preserving um, our our heritage. Uh, we don't have a ton of time for this, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll, we'll uh, certainly I'll have you back again mm-hmm. to talk some more, but I can't resist asking because it's on all of our minds. What's your perception of the gentrification that's going on? And um, I have yet to hear anybody come up with some kind of a, um, I won't call it a solution, but, you know, what is what is the best way from your perspective of trying to balance, um, you know, bringing people to town who are going to help our city, but at the same time making sure that the people who've been here for a lifetime or longer mm-hmm. can stay? I would say, I'm sorry, Sabrina, I would say that if you locate in this area, think about the reason why you came here. And so if you think about the reason why you invested your time and money into purchasing property or a business here, then those are the same reasons why you should not fight us against our culture and our heritage. No one goes anywhere else until any other um, 
ethnic group to change their culture or their heritage. So don't ask us in this community to change ours. Embrace it. Become a part of it. We are a welcoming people. And that's what I would say to folks who are coming in. Come in for the experience. Live it. Love it. Learn it. And we'll all be happy and coexist together. That's my two cents. I would just like to say it's more than gentrification Mm -hmm. now. It's also short-term rentals, Mm -hmm. Airbnbs. And there's an, and You're talking about the whole house. Yes, yeah. yes. And as far as gentrification go, I think the powers that be um, could have eliminated or prevented it from such a widespread entremet if they had only listened to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw our culture as a way to dig out of poverty. And um, it was through the musicians, the bars that were there at the time, the dancers, the second liners, the ladies that know how to cook in soap. Mm-hmm. And so we saw in the people that we wanted to bring in, which was the tourists that we saw all in the French quarters, 12 blocks away from Treme, that were not, they were encouraged not to cross the rampart. There was actually a red line drawn around Treme. And um, I speak this with truth, knowing because when I, um, became the executive director of Greater Treme Consortium in 1994. This is what I saw. This is what I know. Mm-hmm. And so um, we presented from a community perspective, we presented a holistic plan on how we can help move our community forward. It included tourism. It included community-based economic development. It included affordable housing, which is a whole different area because mm-hmm. affordable housing is something that's really a myth for poor people. Um, and we need to face that and understand that, that once you put the pen to the pad, income versus, versus um, how much a house actually costs, it doesn't fit in the New Orleans economy for poor people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's such a large. I think it's really down. scary, quite frankly. It's very scary. I mean, I, you know, it's when very I listen scary. to my friends who talk about how hard it is for them to find a place, and I'm talking about people, you know, who are not—they have some means, and mm-hmm. yet they can't find mm-hmm. a place. Well, now you can't find a place, but what I'm saying, even in the, in the um, early '90s, um, late '90s. Um, the numbers don't match. You know, most of the residents here, a lot of the large labor force here, work in the hospitality industry. Right. They do not make enough money. Or health care. Right. Yeah. And we are right yes. to work yes. state, and, so that dictates and, also. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they are the ones that provide the entertainment in this city. They are the reason why a lot of people come to mm-hmm. New Orleans mm-hmm. to visit. They are the reason why they love this city. And so in our own way, collaboratively or individually, in our own groups, we try to do the best that we can. Mm-hmm. No. Do we want to see our neighborhood gentrified? No. But it takes more than just community workers to do that. It actually takes laws. It actually takes policies. Um, the short-term rentals just came about last year. And Treme has changed tremendously. I have, like, three residents on my block, on Dumaine Street. And anybody know where Dumaine and Robinson is? You know it shouldn't be happening there. So, <laughs> but um, we have blocks that are dedicated down to people coming in to live. 
So what do you do? What do you I mean, mean coming I, I in to live? You mean uh, for Airbnbs? For Airbnbs, mm-hmm. short term, yeah. they're in, they're out. You know, every everywhere you look, there's someone new there. You don't know who your neighbors are now. Mm-hmm. So but really, I don't feel like if I have the right to complain about it because I am a believer in economic development for everyone. Make your way. Mm-hmm. Make your way. There are things that you can do to improve yourselves economically. If the city is only is saying that you can only rent out one room as a short-term rental and you have it, do it. Go do what it takes. You know, do what you have to do. And can I share uh, on, a, uh, on a note with that in terms of um, the, the whole, one of the focuses of the... Um, this is the, Sabrina. The, the 7th World Culture District is is to promote economic sustainability. Um, that um, um, that folks already do, but create an environment for them to um, to grow in it. Um, like the folks that are that are, are providing the food for this, how they started out, just cooking in their kitchens and, and serving meals, and then it has grown into businesses. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the norm, or what used to be the norm, is that you could go to Miss Vanilla and get frozen cups and and hot dogs, and and nobody cared um, about this this woman, this 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 elder in the community selling food because it sustained her, mm-hmm. and so that so there was a um, a level of respect for people who who did that. Um, the same thing as the um, the bars, I think one of the, the, the biggest thing for me is that um, when the kids today don't hear the music, that's a serious thing for us because this city is based on that energy, based on that, that spirit, that, 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 that beat um, that only we, we, we know and feel is it's innate. But the kids growing up today don't have what we had as children. The neighborhoods are not that way. I mean, you you could see kids outside playing hopscotch and, and singing and sitting on the steps playing the music and everything. Um, but that's not, that's not the case anymore, you know. So um, is that advancement? Um, when you lose what grounds you, what makes you who you are, um, then that's when the disconnect come in, and that's why folks have issues with folks, <laughs> you know. Disrupting the, uh, yeah. the older yes. culture. Well, yes. let me say this, because I've got to uh, bring in my next guest, who, uh, interestingly, is going to talk about a new bike tour mm-hmm. that runs through uh, Treme, and will bring more people back. And this is... Um, looking at some of the art sites in the area, too. Mm-hmm. So we got your bars, mm-hmm. and um, you have your home-cooked meals coming mm-hmm. out from the various neighborhoods and homes, um, and then you have the arts also. But um, I think it's going to take a lot more than that, ladies. I yes. have to mm-hmm. be, uh, oh, be well, honest. Yeah, we know. I, I, I haven't heard yet, and, and this is a national issue. This is happening in every city, mm-hmm. not just in New Orleans, that um, you know people coming back, the kids of the people who moved out, to the suburbs, mm-hmm. 
realize that that ain't it, that where it is is in the cities Mm -hmm. and they're coming back. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to figure out something much more um, deliberate Hmm. and intentional about making sure that the folks who've been here can stay and the new ones come in. And it doesn't hurt what your festival is doing in calling attention to the cultural history uh, in terms of, you know, putting that story out and making sure people don't, Forget about it. So mm-hmm. I gotta stop. I just want to say, if folks want to pick up the full lineup, they'll be at the Basin Street um, Station and the New Orleans Convention and Visitors Bureau on St. Charles Avenue. So they can, and they're also sponsors, so they can pick the full the lineup. Programs. Right, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So once again, May Seventh Ward um, Art and Culture Festival this coming weekend. Um, primarily between 12:30 and 6, but Friday night, um, I would say being at any one of the bars on the on the uh, Baby Doll Pub Crawl. No, nope. the Baby Doll Bar Crawl. <laughs> what did I say? I you said, said pub. You're not gonna find us on the whack, pub. Whack, 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 whack. <laughs> on the internet, there's no such bar crawl. <laughs> Bullets, sports, sports, seals, class act, Kermit's, Treme, mother-in-law lounge, little people's place, candlelight lounge. These are gonna be the hot spots between six and eleven on Friday night. Thank you, ladies. Thank you Thank so you much for having, for having us. us. Not just for coming in, but for what you do. Thank, Thank you so you much. Do Thank in you your world. For very, you very important. Thank you. All right, now we're going to have the bike lady come in. (laughs) Jan Gilbert is an artist. That's not fair. All of you have so many different levels to you. I know her from somewhere. Uh, Well, Jan is an artist, and she's, you know, half the time people say, Hey, Jan, to me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, now they figured out where they knew each other from. Okay. Now that we can think about things. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank really you. Good. Thank you. Good All right. Good luck. Right. Good See ya. All right. Now we got Miss Gilbert, Jan Gilbert, artist, and you know, um, you asked me if it was okay to typify me in your brochure as an art activist, and I said absolutely. That's the best term. But you are another arts activist and heavily involved with um, the. Art of the City, Postmodern to Post-Katrina, presented by the Hellas Foundation. If there's something, an arts going on in the city, you're going to see that name, Hellas, um, at the Historic New Orleans Collection. And this is, it's kind of both a celebration of art sites around the city, but then also it is, um, in fact, in addition, the um, bike Route, and I, I understand that I, my initial impression was that the bike path was something that would be permanent, and I, I hope in a way that it will. You'll have to explain this to me. But in fact, it is definitely a dated event, and so um, uh, it's on until June third, and then it comes back on again in the fall. But I'm going to let Jen Gilbert explain how that works. It is a permanent. We're producing with the Historic New Orleans Collection, and thank you, Jane, for having us, um, a bike tour that's the Portage Bike Roll. Um, We've produced many, many maps that 
allow for both self-guided tours. The ones that you refer to that are coming up right now are strictly, those are also guided tours. And those are very, as the, our earlier guests, their, their buses, you know, occupied. Our tours are sold out, signed up already. For, Right now, really? but they wow. will be they and they've been very popular. They've been happening now since early May, and uh, they, but they will be coming out again as the exhibition um, art of the city will be opening uh, in the fall. Right now, we have a preview exhibition up at the historic New Orleans collection, and that is where people can pick up these maps. Oh, so that's the best place to go. That to, is uh, the best. That's at uh, the, is that or online? It's it's not online. It oh, okay. is um, in the, if you come to see the preview exhibition, which has some different um, elements. Also, to see the we have some banners that are part of the preview um, of some of the artworks that are going to be featured in the exhibition, as well as Robin Reynolds is a UK-based artist who has a preview of his piece, um, um, New Orleans Between Heaven and Hell, as well as the maps. So, And even the Brulator, Signore Brulator building, which is opening across the street of the historic New Orleans collection in the fall, which is the construction is going and we're going to be opening um, soon in the fall. And so... That's where my old um, uh, alma mater, the WDSU studios Absolutely. And I was telling you about how the first time I ever walked in that courtyard, the history of it, I didn't even know the history of it. It was at, at one of the original art centers of the city. And, um, and, 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 and something about it just, you know, is very, the karma is pretty strong. It spoke to you. Yeah. So, but I want to mention a few people here, too. Um, Babette Bollier is an artist who conceived of this project. She refashioned a bike tour that the noted architect, Alan Eskew, had um, designed um, in 2012. And so this is a reinterpretation of that. And this tour is dedicated to Alan. Um, but we also, with, through the Historic New Orleans Collection, commissioned uh, Jacob Rosenzweig, who's a wonderful cartographer. You may know his work from the early Prospect Map. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well, we have a bicycle named Desire, Cassidy Cooper, who is a colorful tour guide, to say the least. And he um, is someone that you can contact a bicycle named Desire. All of this information is on the map itself. Um, but he can give you more information. And we're looking forward to resuming this. We're going to distribute some of these maps to local businesses in this area. But it is the portage role which commemorates this pathway that is so important to New Orleans. Yeah, so I think we have to explain to folks what a portage was. because I mean, I, it took me a while to learn about a portage. So a portage is actually a, kind of, it's a path between two bodies of water. Or it is simply a way that you come off one body of water and you pass into other parts of an urban area um, along that portage. And I I guess the portage in this case must include, to some extent, Bayou Road, huh? It it does. Because that was the original portage, huh? Yes. This is the pathway along this Esplanade Ridge area, the elevated path that the Native Americans used for centuries and introduced to the French settlers. And so, hence, New Orleans was, you know, positioned where it is. 
Um, but so this will be starting in the area of the river with uh, the Crescent Park. And then it will also proceed in the Bayou Road area. Esplanade Avenue is the main pathway. Um, it has many stops along the way. Do you want me to mention some of these other stops? Um, St. Augustine Church, the New Orleans African American Museum in Treme, the Joan Mitchell Center um, on Bayou Road, the Degas House, and I will say full disclosure, Jean Nathan Cultural Activist House, (laughs) along with her husband, architect and urban planner, Robert Townens. Um, And then they will also visit Bayou St. John, the Pito House, which I'm accustomed to saying, but also known as the Pitot House. Um, And then also Linda Banglis's Wave of the World Sculptural Foundation Fountain in City Park. Uh, the, The exhibition itself takes place, looks at this period of arts development here and just wealth of artists from the World's Fair roughly to date. And so what you get with this map along with the bike roll, the other side of the map is a selection of, I am guest curator for this exhibition. And so we have selected a a really lovely suite of public art pieces to get you out in the city and take note of what's been going on here during this amazing period of so, culture. So, in here. a way, this is uh, not unrelated to the to the uh, Treme Festival um, that's being done in the sense of helping people to understand the culture as it's expressed in neighborhoods throughout the city, as opposed to just the French Quarter, where there's a tendency for people to think, oh, New Orleans is the French Quarter. But the French Quarter, which, by the way, is so burdened now with too many people and too many commercial establishments, and and it's still beautiful, I mean, especially early in the morning and sort of, you know, at certain hours of the day when you don't have quite the crush. But um, all the neighborhoods around New Orleans, the Tremaine neighborhood and the Bayou St. John neighborhood and the Seventh Ward neighborhood and uh, all you go all the way down River, the Eighth and Ninth Wards, all the way into Araby, into St. Bernard, every single neighbor, and, and, and up River, of course, too, going up into Ferret and Magazine. It's just an incredibly unique place and has art, really, in one way or another in every neighborhood. So I was really excited about this. I, 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 didn't, I had no idea until I saw the brochure that we were actually um, on this bike tour. I mean, I knew uh, Tan had a work of art in the show, but I didn't know about the, the, the bike tour until um, this did you put this surprise, in my mailbox? Did surprise. You, somebody put it in my mailbox, and then I saw it. No, yes. Babette Bowie, I did. But um, the Wave of the World, Linda Benglis's sculpture that's out in um, the – it's right there at the edge of the big lake in front of the museum is a beautiful sculpture. It really is. It's, it's kind of like this big – literally uh, a sculptural way um, – uh, Wave and then hanging uh, the falls of the water come off, and it's beautiful. The Pito House, if you want to know what the housing in our area looked like back in the original um, colonial days, 1799, that, that house was open. It's on Bayou St. John. It is truly beautiful, and it, and it is open at times as well for people to see inside. Bayou St. John, if I didn't live on Esplanade, which I adored and chose when I first came here, you know, 44 years ago, I would be on Bayou St. John because it is, it is so beautiful. 
Um, the Joan Mitchell Center, you know, uh, that's had more than one life. It was a plantation. Indigo um, plantation, yes. Right, and then it was a, a wonderful, one of my favorite restaurants in the city, the Indigo, Indigo. restaurant. <laughs> yes. Sorry, we, it's no, no longer there. But the Joan Mitchell Center is an artist retreat and residency, so now we have artists in that property, on that property, continuously. Um, the Tannen House, I told Tannen he needs to change out the front um, sculptures. We, Maybe we, just cut a little of the shrubbery. <laughs> oh, that's not going to happen. He won't cut stuff. Just so you can see the shotguns, because they're wonderful sh- shotguns. Uh, well, some of the palms uh, that didn't do well this winter, they actually got cut today. Oh. I, I haven't seen what they look like, but um, so it has been thinned out just a tad. But no, just he, to see the he work. He needs to pile up those uh um, houses again the way he had them before. Hi, Tannen. You've been hearing this from me. I'm just telling everybody so that everybody in the city will tell you we need the shotguns piled higher so we can see them from the street. The Degas house, of course, um, you know, Degas wasn't there that long, but actually he developed a whole new genre of his own work there, so it, it is an important um, an important site. Um, The African-American Museum, I can't wait for it to open again. It's so beautiful. The Villa Milieu, I think that's the right pronunciation, 1828 Central Hall Cottage. The St. Aug Church is, um, you know, I tell everybody about Sunday mornings at at the St. Aug Church when you can, it's either jazz or gospel, but there's always something going on there. Piety Street Bridge, I haven't had the nerve to walk up that thing yet. I mean, it, but you it, can take various routes, and and that is, you know, right. very exciting to oh, see. Yeah. It's our High Line, right? The Crescent Park, you know, and that was an SQ Dumas Ripple gift. And I hope this, the new administration will invest uh, more and, and and fulfill the the full potential of of that uh, avenue because it it really is a beautiful place to have art um, right next to the Mississippi River. And and so there's two aspects to this, and I I don't know how clear it is because we kind of went from one right into the other, but one is the exhibit of art that is in various locations around the city and in the Historic New Orleans collection, and then this pathway that runs through Treme. Right? Um, yeah, we. I, I don't know. So, yeah, there's, there's there's somebody that is getting on our mic on occasion. I'm not sure exactly what that's all about, but um, we'll get we'll we'll keep rolling. We rolling on our bike. So are, the you, are you going to get out on a bike? Um, as a matter of fact, I am not. We have. I was a proponent of doing a bus roll as well, and so our first bus roll is booked. And so, but there will be another More. in the fall. Okay. So, you know, as I said, a bicycle named Desire. It's on the map, and also certainly on the website of THNOC. But I, I really want to just underscore, it's very exciting that the Historic New Orleans Collection in this tricentennial year has chosen to focus on the wealth of artists, contemporary artists in our community. You yeah. know, as we see three centuries of New Orleans culture unfold along this bike tour, it's also in the context of this contemporary art booming you know, energetic community, at which we really hope to grow and connect with each other more and more, bringing the community at large, you know, along into this. Yeah, and making sure people understand that the culture of our city is, is of course, the music, of course, the food. We know that. And the architecture and a lot of the interior design that is not spoken of quite so much. 
but our visual arts are an important part of it and it is just a little bit less known than some of these other art forms that congratulations on this this is a very important event i'm excited about it the historic new orleans collection is where you can find the material on it and i have to roll on and get my next person on i'm sorry thank you jane no i enjoy being here thank you for doing this when you get ready to do the the next portage roll yes Let's come. Absolutely. We'll have lots of different programming, multidisciplinary program as part of this exhibition. So we will definitely keep you apprised. Come back and also just send me something to go into the newsletter, of course. Sure, sure. Thank you very much. Arch of the City, Postmodern to Post-Katrina, presented by the Hellas Foundation, the Historic New Orleans Collection, Art of the City, NOLA, is the overwhelming theme. And then you have literally the uh, bike path and the um, portage um, uh, events. There's just a lot here. So I think that it's best for people to pick up the material. Absolutely. And the Historic New Orleans Collection right now is really doing a, an enormous job in, in helping us understand um, this culture that we're supposed to be celebrating for the tricentennial. It's a 50-year-old. I think it's tricentennial central. Yes, I absolutely agree. And, you know, now that they have this new 12,000-square-foot building that is adding to this amazing campus already existing in the quarter, it is going to have a lot more space and contemporary as well as wonderfully redone historic structures. So it's 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 going to be something everybody needs to see. Cool thing. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Now I'm going to roll right into my southern um, rep. Are you there? I'm here. I'm Hello. so sorry to keep you holding so long, but um, the the baby doll uh, bar crawl and the um, uh, Treme festival and and this wonderful bike story. We just had a lot of cool things to talk about in this session. Now I have to say that I have been absolutely um, awestruck by the level of theatrical um, entertainment being brought forth in the city of New Orleans today, and a lot of it by your organization, Southern Rep. And, of course, you're getting um, ready to find your new home in this uh, Treme neighborhood that we're talking about so much today. So I'm That's right. That's really right. excited we about that. part of Bayou Road and the St. Rose de Lima Church, and, you know, it'll have three stages and an outdoor space for gathering for the neighborhood. I think it's going to really add to the bike tour that they were talking about earlier and certainly any tourist or local experience of being in Mid-City and Treme. So, um, but you've got a show on, and um, that's why you're on at this particular time. This is Amy, do you say M.A.? Yes, I do. A. May Hayes, who is mm-hmm. the producing artistic director of the Southern Rep Theater. And um, we, we've got a show on right now that I'm actually fascinated to see because I kind of lived through that period. And the one mm-hmm. that we're in right now, God only knows we could really use some of the kind of leadership that people like Lyndon Johnson and Martin Luther King offered us um, back at that time. And that's what the play is all about. So tell me about it. Yeah, it's about, um, it focuses on LBJ after Kennedy is assassinated, and it starts on Air Force One, and it deals with two specific issues, how to get the Civil Rights Act done of 1964 and how to get reelected to become a legitimate president. And throughout the play, Martin Luther King Jr. is very much 
you know, an ally and then become someone who's really pushing LBJ to be better and to uh, make change faster. Um, and so the, these two men are really at the center of the play, but along the way we have more than 60 characters that are part of the world. So we get Senator Everett Dirksen, we talk about Sam Rayburn, there's all these names from the Senate and Hubert Humphrey, um, Stokely Carmichael. Uh, one of the things I love about the play is that these people were so smart and so funny, so there's a real vibrancy to the conversations. A lot of what happens in the play comes directly from, you know, LBJ taped everything. And so when Robert Caro wrote his biographies of LBJ and then Robert Schenken wrote his play about LBJ, things that he talks about, he had a very, very sort of rich uh, language and uh, liked to tell a lot of stories. And um, so we know that these are the things he actually said. Uh, which makes the play even more exciting because he was a heck of a storyteller. So I I couldn't help but but, uh, think, and I I wrote about this in the newsletter, uh, of the contrast between those kind of leaders that we had during that period. And, and, well, I, I think that we have new leaders coming up right now as part of the various resistance movements, the Black Lives Matter, the Me Too movement, the um, uh, Enough is Enough kids that are coming up, and, and even back to the, um, the protests that occurred in, in Wall Street against the injustice of, of uh-huh. um, the economic lack of um, resources, the, the sort of 1% uh, domination of our economy. So um, I, 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 to me, it, it just this, these people, these LBJs, these Martin Luther Kings, you kind of wish they were around right now to help the, yeah. these, these. I mean, I ins- think that's why I wanted to, that's part of why I wanted to do the play was that one of the things LBJ says, what's the point of being president if you're not going to do what you know is right? And I, I think that there is such a distinct lack of compassion and empathy. Um, you know, I'm a theater maker. That's all we deal with is compassion and empathy. And I love politics. I grew up raised by a World War II veteran. Um, my life has been about politics and history and military history. And uh, it, it's interesting to me that we have all of this power and all of this money. And I think that there's there's not respect for the office. There's not respect for um, what the president it, it becomes. The president becomes president of everybody. It's not just some people, as you feel like it that day or this day. And so it's important for me to look back at leaders like this. And this point in time, I think, is where where we are now really starts. Uh, when you have uh, the Dixiecrats leaving and you have, you know, race become people are just right out there with how they feel about things this the, the country split well and, and and that was one of the characteristics of that period that that uh, that is, is is so missing today is the hands across the aisle um, approach that people had you know in lbj and in mlk getting together i mean um, lbj okay he he in a sense um, he presents as a liberal in the end, but it came out of Texas. He wasn't exactly, um, you know, uh, some kind of wobbly from from the mid upper Midwest where the wobblies came from. But uh, mm-hmm. he, he was 
you know, he he had to he had to cross the aisle, so to speak, to get to uh, where he 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 developed his political philosophy. And and Martin Luther King, you know, s- steps across too because he had gone through a lot. And they and they come together and they work things out. And that of course happened in Congress. That happened between Congress and the White House. That's just something you yeah. don't see now, and it, this makes you long for it. But to watch it in play, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure is really fascinating lesson in, again, how people can work together. It, it absolutely is. You know, it's funny the the, you know, uh, what is it that LBJ says? I can out Roosevelt, Roosevelt and out Lincoln, Lincoln. I mean, he really came from a place where it was about caring for the people that were in the country. And I know there's a lot of pushback about programs that he created. Um, I think it's more about how they've been administered than, than the impulse behind the creating them being the thing that's the problem. I think bureaucracy can ruin the best idea, really. Um, so uh, it, it, it's um, crossing the aisle, making deals. The the movement really talked about, and it's from it's straight from like Ralph Abernathy and and um, Roy Wilkins from the NAACP. This this bill wouldn't have gotten passed under Kennedy. It had been bottled up for I don't know over a year, and you know LBJ was the great Senate leader of the Senate. He, you know, learned from the best and uh, was considered one of our best senators because he could cross the aisle. I think there's so much to learn from this man and to learn from Dr. King uh, about about how how can you make change when people don't agree with each other? You have to compromise. And I love that theater takes us front row and center into the world of compromise. You see these actors as the characters grappling with. Well, there's this side and there's that side, and what are you going to do? And at the end of the day, someone has to make a decision. So powerful. <laughs> powerful so and, and so play. timely. Well, what a great time for you to be fantastic. doing this production. <laughs> um, give, me, give me locations and times. We're just about out of time on, on our show, so I want to make sure that we let everybody know where this is playing and when and how to get your tickets. Absolutely. It runs from tonight. There's a performance through June 3rd. And we are located at Loyola University's Marquette Hall on St. Charles Avenue at Calhoun. And uh, you can go to southernrep.com. We have we have uh, prices and sizes for all kinds. Everybody, if you want to come to the theater, we can make it happen for you. So, um, yeah, just reach out. And our number is 522-6545. That is um, a, a tremendous opportunity folks, to see um, the political world we live in today in another context that will help you really understand what you're, what's, what's going on now. We'll have you back again, of course. We're going to talk a lot, especially as you head towards Bayou Road and your new home there. I just want to call out to folks, you should look up the obituaries for four people who just passed. Dovey Johnson Roundtree. I don't have time to tell you the details on her. Just look her up. Dovey uh-huh. Johnson Roundtree. Robert Indiana who created the love sign that we all have seen oh, so yeah, much. Charles Neville, saxophonist, but also just a, a, a really kind and very philosophical soul. And Claire Jupiter, who is a judge and a reporter. These are all people who, um, you know, were, were folks, well, in, in, not, not in the case of um, W. Roundtree. She just died at 104, and, and Robert Indiana, but mm-hmm. uh, Claire and, and Charles were both folks I knew and, and appreciated uh, having uh, experience in my life. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, everybody in the audience, for being with us for Press Conversation.